As I told you on Twitter, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I found a solution for weight loss, and it's Awaken 180. My friends in the media told me about Awaken 180. It's their go-to program to lose weight without killing yourself in the gym or taking any kind of medication. Just listen to the success stories. My boy, Kyle Draper, he dropped 30 pounds. Andy Grish dropped 105. And that's not it. Scott Zolak, Steve Logan, Dan Reeves, Dr. Laura R. Carmen, and add Cedric Maxwell to the list. It's only been about three weeks and I've already dropped about 15 pounds. Turn these trying times into a reason to get healthy like me. Call Awaken. Receive the same one-on-one coaching I'm getting at home or on Skype. Also access 1,000 recipes and tools you need to your weight loss from the company who has revolutionized the weight loss industry. Set up your first consultation today at Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Stuff Live with your hosts Justin Poulin and John Dukes. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm Justin Poulin, he's John Duke, and this is week six of COVID content crises. Like, seriously, dude, uh, it's tough. We don't our content is not evergreen. Our content really needs, you know, games, free agency, the draft. God, was the NFL draft a, just a godsend. Seriously, to break that up. That I've never fun. been. We said it before. Never been more excited about a six-round draft pick ever. And the ratings were through the roof, right? I can't imagine there's much happening on TV or you know, through any of the streaming channels that isn't setting records. As a matter of fact, I'm starting to notice that even my internet connection at my house is disrupted. It's not as good because you would have thought we would have reached the end of the internet by now, but it appears not to have been the case. There's plenty more still out there. I don't know. Do you watch any of the little series, John? Do you watch like uh, Breaking Bad or, you know, The Sopranos? Did you get into any of those kind of like mini you know series type shows or are you more of a movie guy like what what's your deal uh no i'm kind of not really into anything right now i'm kind of watching too much news really is what's happening you know news yeah i know right it's they not double good. your double your dose of prozac like yeah what are you, <laughs> what are you doing I've cut that's back. not good for you i've cut back since since the early going but yeah i still watch a heavy heavy you dose need to buy news. a bottle of whiskey and just turn yeah. that shit off dude <laughs> oh man yeah well i can handle the today show a little bit in the morning just all right give you <laughs> it's kind of like you know being plugged into a science experiment you know a little electrical shock therapy and just 
get up in the morning, get my coffee, get reminded that it's COVID and we're all bracing, right? And, and then uh, I turn it off and I go to work and I try to pretend it's not there anymore. But I, I'm going to recommend a show for you. Okay. Hit me. Did you ever like How I Met Your Mother? Did you ever get into that show a little no. bit? No. 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 Do you like that that Jason Siegel guy? Do you know who that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the writer and, you know, one of the main stars. Sally Fields is in it. I don't really know anybody else in the show, but it's called Dispatches from Elsewhere on AMC. And then after you watch it, you've got to go onto YouTube and see how the show was written because it was actually about this, like, experiment that was happening, sort of like a live, interactive role-playing, immersive, alternate reality game that was going on in San Francisco. Then you got to start watching some of the videos and content that was going out over this three-year span in San Fran and, uh, and like, really just see how out there it was. And even the show itself is a little bit more tidied up, and it's clearly a TV show versus you actually going and living this game. But people thought it was kind of, like, real, and they were – getting really blended in their sense of reality versus this alternate world pseudo game. But anyway, you just got to watch the series. It just wrapped up on Monday night on AMC. Um, so you should go and check it out. I think you'd be in, I think it, you got to find something weird because everything's weird right now. <laughs> so if you watch a show that's weird, it'll start making things seem more normal. <laughs> Go about get weird to to stay weird or something. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I I I saw it was out there, so you know maybe I'll put it on the list. It's yeah. It's really interesting. It's really just it is. It's really interesting. I kind of feel like I'm at a point now where I should just pack up my stuff, my favorite stuff, and a tent, and like just get out there in the woods and hide out. And just call it. You know what I mean? Like, just, I need, to, I need like a month. But like, then it would be a by choice. Cause there's really nothing different between that and being locked up in my house. But if I got my tent and I got my favorite stuff and I left the media behind, I wouldn't even know COVID was there and I'd be isolating by choice. And I think that's the thing that's got everybody bananas. You know what I mean? Nobody is staying home by choice. Which is kind of ironic when you figure how many people don't really like to work. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it's it, it is a, a bizarre. You know, you're all everyone's trying to find purpose right now, right? Like, what can I do? What can I have purpose in this day? You know, so like projects around the yard, projects around the house. That's really, you know, I'm working a lot, but. Um, you know, still trying to find those things so that way there's a reason to get out of to put the the dirty sweatpants on to do the work and then put the clean sweatpants on <laughs> to is, fill out in. Isn't it ironic that in the normal world when we're working, all we're trying to do is get away from work and go relax. Let's gotta get a vacation, mm-hmm. gotta do now, you know, gotta get home to see the family, gotta have family quality time. Now, all of us are like, how can I do more work so I can escape my family and my house? <laughs> yes, that's true. You, 
you know? You're right. It, yeah. It, yeah. And it has everything to do with choice and, you know, like personal freedoms. It's really interesting. So uh, it's a psychology experiment of its own. And uh, I think we'll all have some insights, whether they'll be valuable or purposeful, as you said, uh, over the next several months. But the world is going to change from this. There's no doubt at this point. And so has the NBA. They're going to have to adapt. And I, it, you and I talked before we started the show. It kind of seems like to me it's like why haven't – I don't really understand why they haven't scrapped this season, to be honest with you. It, it really doesn't seem like they'll be able to fit it in. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no, they haven't scrapped it. And we've talked about how they might play, you know, instead of, you know, not in front of fans. Uh, I have a, a a business partner who got on a plane from Buffalo to Tampa, Florida this week. And he's like, yeah, you know, none of the flight attendants were wearing masks. There's like a handful of people on the plane. They're not running very many flights. It's totally reasonable to think that you could get these players from point A to point B social distancing and then, you know, really limit their exposure, as we talked about in Orlando, I think was one of the proposed sites or Vegas and put them up in a hotel and let them bring their families with them and then basically socially isolate the NBA product from the rest of the world. (laughs) Right. You could totally do that. You could set up a safe quarantine playoffs setup, but there's definitely not going to be any regular season games. That thing's done. This is all about, you know, the TV ratings and getting an NBA champion and not having that disrupted like a lockout year. But working the math backwards, you know, we're still on borrowed time here because they're going to need a break between the end of this season and the start of next season unless they're going to postpone next season or do something different, right? And they might. There may not be any in-arena games next season. Maybe they'll do, like, more of a tournament style for the next year. Like, you know, but there's contracts and all kinds of difficult stuff with that. But at the end of the day, the playoffs would have started, like, what, around maybe April 17th, 18th, something in that range usually, definitely by the 20th. And so we're just about two weeks after that, coming up on two weeks. So the postseason is is guaranteed delayed two weeks and probably a month. So when do they crown the champion? Usually mid-June. I mean, I think the Celtics, when they won the championship in 08, it was June 17th. Uh-huh. Never forget that. And so now we're talking mid-July. Like, how late do you think they can push this? What's the, what's the deadline? I think they can play into September. I mean, they're... I think the real trick is, you know, whether or not they buy into the second into next season and whether or not, you know, they can, you know, push ahead. I mean, they've talked about pushing ahead the season. So will they push ahead next season in such a way that it would start in December? You know, so that people still have a couple months of a break of sorts. You know, that's. Yeah, that's the one question I have. Um, it's, it, it, you know, but <laughs> we and I were talking about this before. At what point, um, you know, what is the status that society needs to reach to be able where you can say you can play this and you can minimize the amount of outbreaks or concern? Because that's the thing that about all this to me that's just kind of nuts is like, 
everyone's going back to work, but functionally there's not a lot that's changed in terms of our ability to fight fight the illness, uh, treat the illness, avoid you know death, um, test for the illness. Like we are we are still six weeks behind. We're not much further ahead than we were six weeks ago. And to open up, and not to go in a broader sense, but then to pull it back to the NBA, I think you're right. They could isolate them. They could they could put them in a in a pod and try to do that. But you know that that's still a. I mean, what are you talking about? A thousand people, two thousand people. You know, my town in Maine, which is three thousand people strong, there isn't one you know one person in my town that has it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there couldn't be, you know, or, or, you know, you're playing and how many people will be allowed in and out of that sphere of, of players. Um, I have more concerns about them opening. Yeah, John, the whole thing's crazy, but at some point we're all going to have to live with some level of risk. Like this isn't going away anytime soon. And we can't just not live our lives for two years while we wait for a vaccine. They've already said it's definitely not coming in 2020. And, you know, we could be we could be well into 2021. I, I honestly I, it might not even come for two years because we don't even know if it'll be effective. And who knows? Nobody's to say at this point in the game whether or not COVID will, you know, do what the flu flu does every year and just become a new strain over and over that they're just trying to catch up on. But you can never deal with the most recent version of the flu and everybody to some degree is expected to get it. Like at some point we're all going to have to live with some level of risk. And, and maybe it just, maybe it's the large gatherings that go away for a time. Um, hard to say, you know, what would the NBA look like without fans in the building? I know Boston loses an edge. No doubt. No doubt about it. And that's a, you know, (laughs) that, that, to not be able to get to the garden and and watch that team is a, is a is gonna be a really hard piece of this. But you know we're all gonna be grasping for straws of what life was like before this whole thing happened, and we'll take what we can get, I suppose. Yeah, totally. All right, follow Southern Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John's at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search for CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And guess what, everybody? With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing the Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. And if you're into the entertainment betting thing, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. You know, John, this could be the thing, though, that really starts to promote the 3D uh, deal that the NBA has been working on. You don't have League Pass, but League Pass has a virtual reality 
3D kind of immersion deal. And so I wonder if some of those technology advancements to improve the game and make you feel like you're really there. I mean, you know, it's really not out of the question, especially if they can do it in a smaller stadium, right? Like a court to have fans or fan noise that's live be absolutely like right now you and I are plugged into our computers. We've got our headsets on. It's not out of the question that fan noise could from, you know, all the online fans when plays happen and everything else, it's not out of the question that that noise would get in there somehow. Yeah, I think, no, they, I think they could find a way to get some noise. I, it's just a different, it's just different, right? It's just, you know, the organic chance, you know, the, the organic, the let's go Celtics at the end of that, at that heat game in 2012 and game six, you know, that was, that was one of the great moments, at least in terms of fan involvement, you know, beat LA, you know, I mean, that's not going to happen, you know, but you know, when does that happen? And, you know, frankly, everyone's searching for, you know, opportunities to, to connect, um, you know, if it's virtual or whatever, I mean, I think it, people are finding new ways to, to reach out to each other and, and, uh, working harder at that. So let's hope that that's, um, you know, a direction that we're heading in, uh, and that despite the isolation we all have with the internet and all that, um, we're able to find ways to, to connect in spite of, or more appropriately, uh, it, because of, uh, these different, you know, internet type things that we're uh, we're all living on now to 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 be a part of each other's uh, society. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so are you against piping in the noise? Like I know you said it's different. Yes. Yeah. So you uh, don't like that idea. No, I don't I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like I mean, you could pipe in a random amount of noise, but the real change, the real impactful stuff, you really can't do anything with, you know, like, you know, the stuff that makes, you know, the garden a home court advantage. There's no way the league can sanction that. You know what I mean? Like you just, you can't, you can't build, put that in, you know, that that's, there's going to be a, uh, an unfair advantage. We are our own as fans. We are our own advantage for our team. Uh, I don't think the league can probably create that artificially, you know, I don't think. No, I, I wonder if, I don't know. I wonder if there's something like, I wonder if there's a way, like when you see a play, you can rate it and there's some like, cause here's the thing. The, the players are responding to a feedback loop, right? The feedback loop has just been programmed to be human noise in the building, you know, whether it be applause if they're the home team or booze if they're a away team or applause if they're the Celtics on the road against the cellar dweller. But no matter, <laughs> right? I mean, it yep. happens. Yep, so, it does. So I wonder if there's a way – it will definitely remove the whole concept of a home team and an away team. Like outside of the fundamental nature of – which way they're going, you know, for the basket and, you know, some basics like that, the whole home and away thing would just disappear in this, you know, lack right. of an, lack of, you know, fans in the stadium. So with that all being gone, 
I mean, what's what's left? That they've got to recreate a feedback feedback loop, whether it's like music that's in response to the ratings, you know, something, maybe something that you would steal from like an NBA, you know, two K game, you know, like yeah, the way that yeah. or, or he's on fire, you know what I mean? And there's like yeah. a screen, you know, and there, but there's an on fire like, but more related to fan popularity, you know, and they're feeding off of, you know, I mean. There's an element of this where you can start thinking it's a little globetrottery like. You mean like they're gonna like pull people's pants, pull the referee's pants down, and like watch it's not the gonna or? not that crazy, <laughs> but the entertainment factor from like dribble moves and different things could be, it it may not be the way that they keep fans engaged in the product without having fans and the experience of the beer and the being the home team. And, like, you could call them the Boston Celtics, right, because that's their team name. But there's nothing Boston about it if they're all playing in front of no fans, right? It's all online. Like, that that whole regional or city identity is going to start getting really blurry without a local stadium, mm-hmm. And and that so I'm just saying like the dominance of the individual players popularity is only going to get stronger in this world and and it's going to come down to to moves and, you know, just different ways of being artistic and creative to entertain in the NBA as a product to get people to tune in without the beer and the peanuts and the hot dogs and the locality and dot like without all of that, mm-hmm. they're going to have to reward based on how the fans that are tuning in, that are helping bring in revenue are responding to certain personalities. And they've done it to a degree since Jordan. I mean, that was the big explosion. It wasn't Larry Bird making all the money. It wasn't Magic Johnson making all the money. Jordan set this thing on a serious path financially. That's when the sneakers started going bananas. Like, it was a whole new infusion of revenue. And so, and, and people will say this about Jordan, and I know the documentary is going on now and all that. But people have always said over the years, like, he got away with some stuff because he was an entertainer. You know, and but look, he still hit those shots. (laughs) I mean, he still hit those shots, but he had a certain little bit of leeway. And we've complained about it with LeBron and like the stars. But I think there may be a shift where more and more of the unique talents get elevated and they look more at the creativity in their game to help maintain that because I think revenue is going to be tied much more closely to that for individual players than they ever have been. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as, as somebody who's an old school, you know, all about the wins and losses kind of guy, it, that kind of makes me a little sad because, you know, I, I, you know, it becomes more about the entertainment than the actual game. It's the stuff I don't like about the sports center, you know, influence going into the nineties and, and how that, you know, kind of moved into today. But for the, the people who didn't go to the game mm-hmm. and for the people who don't watch cue, you know, the tip off to the final minutes and only tune in for the late fourth quarter and dot, dot, right. dot, 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 that they're the people that are on. They're the people that are watching TV. They're not the people in the stadium. So that's, I mean, I think it should make you sad, but 
it should you know if this thing does if we're not playing in front of fans within the next two years you can count on the evolution of this game going that way and I, many others well i think it's gonna i think it will evolve just because i think people are going to look at i think people are going to look at how they consume entertainment differently you know generally i think they're they are going to um yeah, I think web sources and, and you know cord cutting and I mean everything it's going to just be hyperdrive, um, you know. And I think there will be some some missing of those those old experiences. But you're right if if there becomes a, a benefit system or a, we find a way to monetize kind of the idea of trying to make spectacular plays beneficial. Um, more than just in the flow of the game and guys feeling good about getting up and down and, wow, that was a great play that that guy made on my team and I'm hyped up. If there's something more to that about spectacular plays, getting the fans, you know, more than just the crowd going crazy, but there's, there's a, you know, some other tangible benefit, uh, that will be, you know, that's, I could see that happening, but I, I, it causes me to lament even more the how things are progressing away from you know what it, what it was about winning and losing you know that that was what made it special it wasn't gymnastics where we're scoring how well, no, difficult no, no, no. how to pretty point, yeah but, or, we're, or but it's about winning or losing you know that's yeah. why we that's why I watch I think that's why a lot of people who um, you know, you and I and, and, and diehards uh, like us, that's why we watch. It'll but, still be about winning and losing, but, but it'll also be about how you play the game. Yes. Well, Just it's not in the good sense that a coach would use that phrase. Yeah. When you say how, it's not, it's not, it's that there are, there's incentive for items that aren't necessarily directly related to winning. It changes the incentive structure, I guess, is is what it comes down to, and that's that's a shame. That's a shame to me, but that's where we are. And so, you know, any basketball is better than the the live basketball I'm watching tonight. So, All right. <laughs> you know, I'll little, take what I can known, get. Once little again, known, little known fact to tie the beginning of this episode to the end of the episode as we wrap up. I mentioned a good show that you should watch: Dispatches from Elsewhere. Yeah. So the writer and basically star of the show, Jason Siegel, played he's six four. Yes. He won a dunk contest in high school and he was the backup to none other than future NBA player Jason Collins. Right. Right. You knew that about Jason Siegel? Yes. You did? Yeah. What do you mean you knew that? I know it. But you don't even watch any of the shows that he's in. I I didn't watch the show that you watched. I know I know Jason Siegel. Come on. You watch man. Dispatches from Elsewhere? No. No, but like the guy he's oh, had a career apart from the show. Yeah, but I see him movies. I, I know these things. Come on. Don't worry about me. I'm with you. I, I can keep I can keep up. You've got a, a Cliff Clavin <laughs> side to you. <laughs> oh definitely. How did you know that? Well yeah. You're not even a fan. Hmm. Not even a fan. You can't say I'm not a fan just because I don't watch that particular show. I like him. He's entertaining. The Muppet movie, you know, saving... Uh, Slapsgiving. You don't even know what Slapsgiving is. 
I don't know, because I don't, that show was just not my thing. Well, you know the show then. I know the show, yeah, but I just, that was just not. You thought it was a girly show. No, it wasn't that it was a girly show. It was just that it wasn't my kind of comedy. Let's put it that way. Oh. What's your kind of comedy? The news? (laughs) It is rather amusing. Your kind of comedy is Donald Trump telling you to inject yourself with (laughs) cleaner. That's right. Clorox. Clorox. Clorox push. (laughs) If we eliminate the population. (laughs) The problem is, well, never mind. All right, good enough. We're going to wrap the show. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Jonathan and at CSL underscore Duke. Heartful thank you to everybody for tuning in. And I'm not even sure how many of you are left out there, but thank you for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, CLNS Media, Nick Jelso. Yeah. I haven't had a drop of whiskey today either, but nobody nobody who's listening now knows how many takes it took to get this show off the ground. We've been doing uh, this fifteen years. We can't we, we this is for the worst one yet. Dude, I need <laughs> some content. Uh, and for my co host John Duke, I'm Justin Poolin and I'm cracking. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. <laughs>